In my ongoing coverage of the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, I have discovered something quite alarming. It seems that the supposed anti-racist activists of the Chaz have actually created a segregated plot of land for farming. I kid you not. It literally says this garden is for black and indigenous folks and their plant allies. Now, many people may actually be surprised by this, but in reality, I'm not surprised at all. I've been on the ground at many of these protests over the past decade. I was at Occupy Wall Street, and this is par for the course for these far left activists. I kid you not, they are in favor of segregation. Now, maybe not in the way most people think of segregation, not identical to how it was back in, you know, before the civil rights movement, but actually, yes, some form of it. At many of the Black Lives Matter protests I've been to, they had rooms that said, you know, black activist only and things of that nature. Sometimes it would say something like black diaspora only, or as we see here, black and indigenous folks only. They actually do want to create separate spaces for different races. And during Occupy Wall Street, they actually granted voting power in the local general assembly, wherever you call it. They granted voting power based on race. And your speaking order was based on race. I welcome you to the shocking world of identitarianism. This is leftist identitarianism. And any sane, rational, liberal person, and most conservatives, obviously, would reject this. But it's a normal part of what they do. So I want to talk to you today about, to be honest, we'll get into a little bit of the silliness of the Chaz. And I want to be fair and point out from, the, from right now, like from the beginning, a lot of people in Seattle think the whole thing is mostly a joke, not to be taken seriously. And I think a lot of people outside of this are actually much more concerned about armed groups taking over the space. It's a little bit of back. It's a little bit in the middle, right? It's not really this militant space, but they do have armed people. CNN has warned of potential for bloodshed. But the whole thing seems to be mostly a LARP, a live action role play that, in my opinion, will probably fizzle out at some point. However, we also have a Seattle city councilwoman saying, seed the, pro- the land to them permanently. Some residents believe this will result in Seattle going moderate. I don't believe so. And I have some comments from some locals and we'll talk about the argument. But I do want to talk about something else after this. And it's the rise of the right. In response to things like this, the favorable coverage in the press, the defense of the rioting, you will likely see the rise of right wing groups doing the same thing. And guess what? It was predicted that when these right wing groups do stand up, they will be vilified in the press and the left wing groups will be defended in the press. And I kid you not, it is literally happening as predicted right now in the UK. They're saying right wing groups are attacking the police. Yet when it was left wing, left wing riots, they said that 27 police were injured in mostly peaceful protests. And there you have it. The obvious bias can and this will lead us down a very dangerous and dark path. But the first thing I want to do is I want to show you the ever so cute LARP farm of the Chaz. And we'll talk about the racism of these activists and why I think it is actually quite nightmarish. Before we get started, Head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There's many ways you can give. Got a P.O. box if you want to send stuff. But the best thing you can do is actually just share this video. Most liberal people, the, the default liberals of this country who aren't really paying attention to the news, have no idea just how dangerous this ideology is. I kid you not, they advocate for segregation. I completely, completely oppose this. And we'll break this down and I'll read you the story. 
But sharing can help me uh, overcome the algorithmic biases of YouTube. It'll help me compete against the mainstream media. But more importantly, it will show people just what's really going on in places like this. If you just want to watch the video, then hit the subscribe button, the like button, the notification bell should be enough. Let's read the news from the post millennial LARP farm, the ambitious gardeners and their noble gardening efforts in the Chaz. And the first image you can see, this garden is for black and indigenous folks and their plant allies. All right. It's silly. I know. Let me just deconstruct that for a minute. You are quite literally eating the plants. I assure you, well, first of all, the plants don't have brains, so I don't think they experience complex emotions like we do, but I'd be willing to bet the plants are not actually happy that they are being eaten. I digress. Let's read the story. Colin Jones for the Post Millennial writes, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle has made significant strides in planting and growing their own vegetables amid efforts to really put the autonomous in autonomous zone. The fundamental issue that Seattle's insurgents appear to have with the U.S. is its staunch support and perpetuation of capitalism, which many of them perceive to be synonymous with racism. We can then see from journalist Andy Ngo, fresh food given out for free at mutual aid station inside the Seattle Chaz, packed with uh, packaged snacks provided from Kirkland Signature Products and Costco. It is a LARP. Many people in the community know it's just a game. It's a meme. Some people might be taking it seriously, but for the most part, I think people are just having fun with it. Let's read more. They say, therefore, grocery stores in the U.S. are apparently racist since they operate under the economic system of capitalism. But members of Chaz still need to eat and have quickly developed a workaround to the capitalist system they so utterly condemn and wish to squash. The Twitter account Farming Forever tweeted a photo of the strong progress Chaz gardeners have made so far with their literal grassroots attempt to provide nourishment to all those within the zone. Okay, okay. I think everybody's joking here, but but let me let's just get to the meat and potatoes on this one, okay? Everything they're doing is silly and kind of sad. But the main thing that I want to talk to you about is not so much that the plants are dying and that weird people are dancing around and taking over the farming plots. But it's the segregation. It's the racism. And we'll get into the silliness, but let me let me tackle this first. I was at Occupy Wall Street almost 10 years ago. They created something they called the Spokes Council. This was their governing body. It was how people voted on how to allocate resources. At first, Occupy Wall Street operated under what was called a general assembly structure. Everybody got together. People would speak. The, the, uh, the, the lineup for speakers was based on race. If you were a white person, if you were male, if you were of a special religious group, they would ask you this. And this was called the progressive stack. It was overtly racist. They would make assumptions about your race if you wanted to speak. So I actually had to clarify my race to these people to confirm I was, in fact, allowed to speak. You see, because Tim Pool is mixed race, huh? But they would line you up in your speaking position based on the progressive stack, whoever was the most oppressed. Then you would say what you wanted to say. People would vote. They would do little wiggle fingers if they liked it, or they would block it if they didn't. Well, this structure was completely incoherent. It was difficult to actually get anything done. And people at Occupy then started just doing whatever they wanted and spending money however they saw fit. So they decided to create something called the Spokes Council. Now, this was not approved by the General Assembly. They just decided they would do it. And even though people were saying, no, no, don't do it. One of the reasons many people didn't want this to happen was because the activists are overtly racist. 
I am not exaggerating. This is not semantics. They are overtly racist. They believe that different racial groups should be segregated based on their race. They did this at Occupy Wall Street. The spokes council was comprised of working groups. These working groups, for the most part, were based on the work they did. Some groups were like the Internet Caucus or sanitation or food preparation. But they also had what was called caucuses. And caucuses were based on race and identity, which means they literally put all of the black people, all of the Latino people, all of the Asian people into separate groups and had them vote on things based on their race. It was shocking to me to say the least, but I'll tell you what, man, this doesn't surprise me at all. And I find it absolutely abhorrent. It's gross. Don't do this. But they don't get it. Now, to them, they think what they're doing is beneficial. But I have heard similar arguments growing up, which you have to understand, as much as many people will call it, call it a meme or whatever, that Tim Pool is mixed. You have to understand why I would bring up these issues to point out why this is insane to give you some perspective on why I think these people are insane and racist. It was just Loving Day the other day. You know what that is? In 1967, when they finally ruled in this country, the Supreme Court, that interracial marriage was legal and cohabitation was legal. Believe it or not, before 1967, even after the civil rights movement, you still couldn't live with people of a different race. And one of the big arguments you'd often hear from pro-segregation people is they're better off with their own private spaces. They can keep to their own. They have access and privilege and resources on their own. We fought against this. We ended it because we actual true liberal, liberty-minded individuals, classical liberals and social liberals of all different types believed that it was wrong to separate people based on race and the government shouldn't be allowed to maintain that. The same arguments are being presented today. You want to know how I know? Because my family actually lived a lot of these arguments. They're better off with their own kind, they would say. So why then would we support these far leftists setting up segregated farms? It's for their own good, they say. No, this kind of stuff creates problems, at least in my opinion. To be fair, there are many other segregated spaces throughout the country, and I am no fan of them. I think we should come together as equals. We should judge people based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. But this LARP garden is not unique. This ideology is pervasive on the left, and I absolutely despise it. You know why? I don't have an identity group. Sorry. Your, your identitarian ideology of the left means literally nothing to me. How am I supposed to reconcile the idea of white privilege when my dad is white and my mom is not? So you want to claim that I come from a privileged family, but I come from a mixed family. No, your ideology is broken. And if you truly care about making the place, this country better, you'd recognize that we have to come together as Americans. Unfortunately, this is what you're going to get. They will send us back to the Stone Age in terms of how we process uh, in terms of policy and law. And for obvious personal biased reasons, I'm not a fan of this. Hopefully that helps some people understand. And hopefully if you shared this video and some liberals can hear this, maybe they'll understand why I think this is insane. And I, just, and I find it disgusting. And that's why I speak out against it. They think it's innocent. They think it's innocent to create, create race-only spaces, race-only farms. Nah, I'm not playing that game, man. You know why? Because I know what happens to, to, to my family and to people like me who don't fit your neat little boxes. When I was at Occupy Wall Street and they created these race, this, this racial segregation, I asked them, what would someone like me do? And they all basically told me, F you. I'm not kidding. They didn't say directly F you. They basically said, you know, in a, in a matter of speaking, you're not welcome. No matter what you do, you are not welcome. There is no place for you because 
you're, you're, you're as far as anyone is concerned, you do not fit any of these categories. So I'm not going to sit around and watch these people do this and be happy about it. You know what we should do as a country? Come together as Americans, something we all are under fundamental God-given rights enshrined in the Constitution. We have all of these things. But if they, if they, if they keep pushing this, this identitarian policy race as pretext for, for plots of land, I've seen how that goes, man. I've done my research. I did a documentary on it. I am not going to sit back and just say that's okay. No way. No, absolutely not. Now, enough for the seriousness. Let's go back to making fun of the absurdity of these people who aren't that smart. They are now proposing using human waste for their farm. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do take it seriously when high profile activists start taking space in this country. And then I see their ideology shielded under the guise of victimhood. And I know exactly where it leads. When I see on Instagram, when I see on Netflix, when I see EA Sports, all talking about identitarianism. Yeah, I find it worrying for everything, for all, all the reasons I just told you pre- uh, previous. I don't like these ideas. But these people are too bright anyway, so I guess we'll just see what happens. Now, they're talking about something. Here we go. You ready for this? Humanure. Humanure handbook. They believe that they should actually use human waste on their farms. All right. I'm sorry. Seattle, you are on the verge of a biohazard. We can talk about racism all day and night. You are on the verge of a biohazard if these people actually do this which they might actually do because they clearly have no idea what they're doing with their LARP farm. But I guess if Seattle wants to maintain this racist segregated space, now, now I, to be fair, I don't know what's going on with the racial segregation of that plot of land. Maybe someone took it down. I really doubt it because Occupy Wall Street certainly didn't. But you know what? You know what they have to say? Mayor Jenny Durkin of the Chaz, Seattle is fine. Don't be so afraid of democracy. Democracy, is that what you call it when they segregate based on race? Sure. How about this one? Crazy machete guy in Seattle Autonomous Zone. I don't know how they eventually disarmed the guy, but he seemed very aggressive and was running and yelling at people and he had a machete. Apparently they had to get the machete away from him. But yes, welcome to your lawless zone. So you want to call it democracy when a group of people colonize the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, uh, colonize the space, tell people what they can or can't do, show up with guns, seize plots of land and then racially segregate them. That's democracy. Sure. Well, one councilwoman says that Chaz should be permanently in community control. Isn't it always? What do these people think is happening? Do they think that the government for which they vote for people is an occupying force? Do they not realize the police department is publicly owned? Do they not realize what will happen if they create expansive government? You know what, man? It's almost too, too obviously stereotypical that the communists, the far leftists don't realize that what they think is oppressing them is literally what they're advocating to create. Could you imagine if these people they are complaining all day and night about the state and then they actually got their way and created a massive state? And then what do you think they're going to do? Oh, they're going to cry and beg to go back to the way things were. They don't get it, man. We are a liberal society. And I don't mean liberals and left. I mean the true definition of the word liberalism, liberty, classically or otherwise, fairly libertarian, civil libertarianism. All of these are rooted in the idea that you live and let other people live. And there are certain boundaries you don't cross. These people don't seem to understand that. They think they can do what they want and no one will stop them. And then when they take over a space, they call it liberation. Yeah, sounds a lot like the, fa- the our forefathers and our ancestors who liberated this land and that land. Yeah, it's, or another word for it is called conquering. 
Now you can pretend it's a bad thing or you can accept we live in a country that was conquered by our ancestors. For the most part, not me, because I think, you know, my, my family were mostly immigrants, but it's, it's most land is, is conquered all over the world by some group or another. It wasn't the original owners of the land or the original denizens don't live there. So now they're doing the same thing they claim to be against. This is the Chaz, the absolute chaos. But I want to be fair. I want to be fair. All right, take a, take a look at this post from the Cap Hill Autonomous Zone. Somebody wrote it, wrote, I predict Seattle will be, will see a moderate mayor post Chaz. The entire thing looks so out of touch with the rest of America that there is a higher chance than ever in recent history that Seattle will vote in a more right-wing mayor. I doubt they would ever go full conservative, but the chances for a moderate Democrat are significantly higher. Regardless of how you perceive things are actually, the concept of an autonomous zone, for those who say it's not autonomous, you shouldn't have named it Capital Autonomous Zone, who eschew police, but with reports of armed people placing the area, it's pretty much a debacle. Whatever spirit of protest you got going on there, is lost on the idea of people trying to set up gardens in the middle of Seattle and claiming to be independent. You may think me wrong, but the voters will surely decide. I highlight this response. The fact that our BLM march ended up being two miles of crowds yesterday says otherwise. You forget that Seattle residents are the ones who will actually elect the next mayor. And we all know that Chaz is just a meme and an uh, and ad hoc festival like all others that happen on the Hill. At worst, people here resent the Chaz for being a sideshow and distracting from the rest of the ongoing protest. That comment is 100% correct. But there is something they still fail to realize. The poster who says Seattle will elect a mayor, they're wrong. I imagine, I predict, people will flee Seattle. If you're a moderate, if you are a regular old liberal, you're not going to stick around. Your property value is going to tank. You're going to have trouble getting out as it is. And you will likely just abandon the city like every other moderate in most cities are getting out. Mortgages are more demand for mortgages is skyrocketing. People are fleeing New York, San Francisco, Chicago, Los Angeles, and very likely Seattle. Sales uh, 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 listings on Zillow apparently are way up in the past seven days for many different cities. So you know what will happen? First, the only people left to vote in Seattle are going to be the progressives in the far left. And they're going to vote for wacky, insane things like we're seeing in Minneapolis and disband their police or otherwise. They'll cede the Chaz to the community, which means basically nothing because the community already owned it in the first place. Fine, whatever. And then you will see once all of these people leave and property values tank, the taxes, the tax money dries up. These people who don't produce anything will start to learn what life is like when you can't afford to maintain the infrastructure of your city. The roads will gradually crumble. The plumbing will fall apart. And it's not going to be a happy place to live. That's just the sad reality. I don't know how long it will take, though. I think a lot of people are going to have a good time. The one thing I want to highlight here, to be fair, is that it is just an ad hoc festival. Yeah, you got people there blocking police, but it is Seattle people. Now, a lot of people are coming from the outside. There's machete-wielding people, roving bands asserting their authority over others. I wouldn't call it necessarily the most fun place to be in the world. But the people there seem to be having a good time. Their farms are silly. They're segregating by race. Let them have their little experiment. The most important thing for me, however, and the reason I, 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 I highlighted this video titled it as they're segregating based on race, is you got to understand these people really do want to do this. That's like a big part of what their plan is. The hard left hijacks Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement. This should be obvious to anybody watching the Chaz. I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but do you think the average person in this country and the U.S., favors creating separate spaces based on race. I mean, we know what that means. I'd imagine there are some people on both sides who do, but I imagine most people don't. 
Do you think that the people fighting uh, against police brutality issues care about how much Amazon pays in taxes? I'm sorry, man. The answer is mostly no. I listened to that Dave Chappelle special the other day, and I thought it was great. I do. I think Dave has his biases, and I think it's because he experiences things as, you know, a black man growing up in America. And I want to hear what he has to say, and I respect that. And I say the same should be true for any other group, including Trump supporters, Latinos, immigrants. We got, we'll, we'll hear what they experienced. It doesn't mean they're right. It means we want to make sure this country works for everybody. Now, when I listen to Dave Chappelle, was he complaining about taxation? Was he complaining about the 1%? No, of course not. He was complaining about people who lost their lives and the reaction to it. And I respect his point of view and his opinions. And I don't necessarily agree with all of them. I like Dave Chappelle. I think he's a smart fella. I think he's a really smart guy. I think he's a funny guy too. And I think he believes in freedom. Now this, what is this? What is, what is the socialism angle here? What is the reclamation? What is the liberation of Chaz? What does that have to, what does that have to do with being an autonomous zone dealing with police brutality? Nothing. And why are they segregating the farms? What does that have to do with police brutality? These people are over the top. They're mostly white and they're mostly middle to upper middle, uh, they're upper middle class to upper class progressives with college degrees. That's who is doing this. Now I want to highlight this in the last portion of the segment, the prediction from Constantine Kyson. I'm not going to read you the whole thread because we did cover this on the Timcast IRL podcast and I can give you the general gist of it, but he wrote a very, very intelligent thread. To be fair, though, he wrote something that I think is fairly obvious to most people, something I've talked about, although he articulated it very well. He says, you're not going to like what I have to say. You're not going to want to hear it. But here's what I'm going to tell you. He predicts because of the left wing violence and things like the Chaz, you will see the right come out and start defending statues that are being torn down. He says groups will call themselves patriotic British defense, people like Tommy Robinson, It's literally happening right now as I record this video in the UK. It's amazing how much of what he said came true. I mean, reading it, I think we all nodded and said, yep, he's right. He says this, the media and the police will overreact against the right. They'll treat these groups differently than they did the Black Lives Matter protests. They'll call the protests of the left mostly peaceful, and they'll call the right violent. They're literally doing it right now. They're saying, you know, what, what do we what do we have this here? This is, uh, let me see if I can find the, here we go. Complex UK. The far right hate groups continue their attack on the police as they protest for Winston Churchill statue. No Black Lives Matter protesters in sight. So British people came out. They were mad that statues were being torn down. They said, don't do it. And what do we get from, com- from, from uh, Complex UK? That they're far right hate groups. In one video, a man said the police were complaining of racist songs being sung. And the song was apparently God Save the Queen. Now, I know, I know many of you are probably like, Tim, I don't know anything about the UK. And for the most part, I don't either. But I think as Americans with a similar media and similar left-right phenomenon happening, we can understand exactly what's going on. The media will claim that these are far-right violent groups and the left are peaceful protesters. They'll say the the, the 27 people, the, the actual headline, is that 27 police officers were injured in mostly peaceful protests. I kid you not, man. I was reading something earlier, I think it was from the Daily Mail, that said in New York City, where these three people tried firebombing the NYPD, I think it was one vehicle with cops in it and and, uh, another vehicle that was empty. They said they were arrested and charged with a whole, they're like arson, explosive devices, at a peaceful protest. I'm, I'm sorry, man. That's the media for you. A peaceful protest, they say, when people are equipping Molotov cocktails. Nah, I'm not, I'm not here to play these silly games, but I'll tell you what's going to happen. 
It should it should seem very obvious. Right wing protesters clash with police in central London from the Financial Times. Hey, that's a fairly good headline. It's basically what happened. These people are coming out because statues are being torn down because zealous fanatics are going around destroying things. That is not democracy. They're setting up autonomous zones in the US. I know it's separate from what the UK is doing, but you will see a similar reaction in the United States, in my opinion. The UK is on a different timeline. In December, they had an overwhelming victory for the conservative party, like a 100 year best. The liberals were crushed. We may see something like that, though polls seem to be favoring the left right now. I can't say I believe it. I I really can't. You've got racial segregation in Seattle. You've got them advocating taking dumps on their on their own farms that they don't need. Listen, they don't need these gardens. The gardens aren't actually going to do anything. They're literally just having a LARP, a live action role play. It's just for fun. I respect the people who are doing it just for fun. I don't think everyone there thinks they're revolutionary. I think it's meant to be mostly silly. There are a lot of people probably showed up to plant in the garden just for fun. I'm not going to pretend like everybody there thinks they're seriously forming a revolution, but they don't need the farm. But you literally have people segregating these things and talking about humanure. And how long until someone actually does it? They've, they, there have been th- uh, claims of extortion, I guess. The police are walking these things back, but I don't, I, I don't buy what the police are saying. I think the residents are probably stuck in a position where they can't say anything. I've heard some people say that, you know, they're worried they can't speak up because they'll be attacked. And I've heard from a lot of other posts where people are like, this is the coolest thing ever. I think they're having themselves a festival. All I can really say is when it comes to the riots and the protests, at the same time, they're telling Trump he can't uh, have his rally because of CDC guidelines. The double standard in the media is so painfully obvious. This is what you can expect from it. In the United States, don't be surprised if right wing groups go out protecting statues and demanding that these people stop. We've seen it before and we'll see it again. And I think it'll only get worse from here in terms of the escalation of the actual conflict. In terms of the autonomous zone in Seattle, I think it's very silly. And I think they mostly have things under control. Not completely. I mean, there's some problems there. And we are seeing autonomous zones pop up in other places. Apparently, Chicago's trying to do one. That's getting gross. Apparently, they're taking a dump in a tent because they don't have bathrooms. Ew. And there were attempts in Asheville and Nashville. So I guess we'll see how things play out. But listen, man, the whole first portion of the segment, you got to understand what it really means to me when I see them trying to segregate based on race. I don't want to see a world with racial segregation because I experienced how horrifying that could be at Occupy Wall Street. But I also grew up hearing the stories from my family about what it means when they segregate based on race and you come from a family of two different races. I will not disavow my father simply because he's white and act like he's privileged when we weren't. We were poor and our family went through a bankruptcy and lost our house. And I'm certainly not going to pretend like I'm a victim because I grew up in America, one of the best countries on the planet with upward mobility and the American dream that still exists. And I succeeded. So I'm not going to let you tell me that I have to pretend like my father had it good when he didn't or that I'm not going to let you create a system in which my family on my mom's side actually suffered under. So no, I won't play the stupid game and I will absolutely call it out when it needs to be called out. But I'll leave it there. I won't rant any longer. The next segment is coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Far left extremists who are out riding in New York City who threw Molotov cocktails at the NYPD are now facing life in prison. And there it is, man. Life comes at you fast, huh? These people, seemingly normal, uh, the two attorneys, just one day decided to go out, light up some Molotovs, pass them out, throw them out, and now your life is gone. Over. These people are truly insane, man. And I'll tell you what, this is not 
in my opinion, a one-off. I think when you're, when you're starting to see what, what appears to be normal people, like this one dude's just a lawyer at a firm, he's got a regular picture wearing a suit, goes out tossing Molotovs at cop cars, we are sitting dangerously close to the edge. If not, we've already gone over it. Actually, that, that's stupid. Why should I even say we're close to the edge? No, we've gone over it. We have. They're literally throwing Molotovs. Now they're literally facing life in prison. We've got some weird occupation going on in Seattle, and they are expanding. The other cities are now trying to create their own autonomous zones and the police are fighting with them. This could be something big. It could be nothing at all. Maybe it's just an election year and things often get crazy. But these people, man, you know what? This one young woman, ukulele playing street musician, her friends are like, she's just misunderstood. She's normal. She's a regular person. She was arrested in 11 different states or something or 11 times. I don't know, some ridiculous amount of times. Nah, I'm sorry. These people are far from normal. There's nothing normal about going out and trying to kill people. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's just a fact. I guess one of the, one of the women threw a, a Molotov at a car with cops inside of it. So no, not normal at all. And I'm, my fear is escalating. Let's read the story. But we can also read, I also want to talk about this crackdown on autonomous zones. They're trying to expand these things. So the, first and foremost, let's read the story here from the Daily Mail. Three New Yorkers, including two lawyers, were indicted for arson and the use of explosives after they allegedly threw Molotov cocktails at NYPD vehicles during a night of peaceful George Floyd protest on May 29th. Are you kidding me with that Daily Mail? Spare me. No, 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 no. It was a peaceful protest aside from the people throwing Molotov cocktails at cops. Yeah, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. It immediately goes from being a peaceful protest to a violent riot the moment someone throws a Molotov cocktail. I mean, actually, I'd argue the moment they started passing out Molotov cocktails. The seven-count indictment charge for Samantha Shader, 27, and attorneys Colinford Mattis and Uruj Rahman for allegedly carrying out the attacks which were caught on videotape. The defendants are charged with the use of explosives arson, use of explosives to commit explosives to commit a felony, arson conspiracy, use of a destructive device, civil disorder, and making or possessing a destructive device. It does feel like a lot of these are a little redundant, but I guess, sure, whatever. And they got a photo of this woman or whatever. The indictments were handed up by the grand jury in federal court in central Islip, New York, on Thursday. Convictions could lead to, a li- to life sentences for all three. Man, that's brutal. I guess, you know, I don't know if a life sentence makes sense. I really don't. I mean, you have to wonder what's the point of locking someone up for their entire life. You think they're irredeemable. You think they can't be changed. You think that they'll do this again. I kind of feel like these people have probably been crying. I think they have photos of it. Let me, let me come to the photos of them. I think they have a mugshots or something. I guess not. I kind of, I feel like these people, oh yeah, right there. Look at these, look at these faces. How long do you think these people have been crying for? I'm willing to bet that they've cried nonstop the entire time. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. They're probably sitting there just crying. Just that, that's it. You know, they threw their lives away. They had no idea what they were doing. These people, it's, it's, it's sad. Look how stupid this person is. They did it all on camera too. Like you got to be a special kind of dumb to, to consider doing what they, what they did. I swear. NYPD commissioner Dermot Shea spoke, about, spoke out about the accusations made against Shader, Madison, Raman. Violence like that alleged here, not only endangers our NYPD officers, but threatens the constitutional right of people to peacefully protest. These indictments by our federal partners reflect our joint condemnation of the kind of isolated acts a just society can never tolerate. Shea was among authorities announcing the indictments today. Richard P. Donahue, United States Attorney 
of the Eastern District of New York says the defendants allegedly threw the homemade explosives at NYPD vehicles without regard for the potentially deadly consequences. Such criminal acts should never be confused with legitimate protest. Those who carry out attacks on NYPD officers or vehicles are not protesters. They are criminals and they will be treated as such. And I completely agree. But I'll tell you what, right now across this country, we have the emergence of autonomous zones, for the most part, just in Seattle, the Chaz, they call it. And they've been routinely mocked, but there are people who are starting to get agitated. Apparently in one anonymous interview, someone hiding their face talks about how they live there and their rights have been taken away. Yep, that's what happens when these people take, take over. They don't care about your rights. They're accountable to no one. So sure, you can sit back, you can mock and you can laugh. And I think these, these you know, this chaz or whatever is ripe for parody and, and mockery. But they're trying to set up zones like this in other places. Now in Asheville, I believe, North Carolina and Nashville, the cops came in and stomped them out real quick and tried to stop it from happening. But they're calling today for reinforcements because they want to do more. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Well, let me tell you what might happen. I say might because I don't think I don't actually think it's highly probable. But if these people actually gain ground, right, because in, in Seattle, they're talking about defunding or dismantling the police. But one of the demands often we see this all the time is that people who are arrested for specific, you know, for fighting against police brutality must be released and charges be dropped. Well, guess what? We've already seen a couple jurisdictions comply. New York City said they won't charge any of the protesters for low level offenses. Fort Worth has actually dropped the rioting charges against many people. If these people actually gain ground, guess what? Then these Molotov morons from New York, they'll be released. If these people actually get their demands, the Molotov morons will be released. I think we're dangerously close to this. Now, the other day on the IRL podcast, I was, you know, I was talking to my buddy Adam, and he says he thinks it can't actually get that far because these cities can't survive on their own. And that's a good point. They can't. He was saying, basically, if it actually came down to real civil conflict, then these people are going to be met with a bunch of, you know, red areas surrounding the city saying, no, you stay. You're not coming here because they got the guns. They're the farmers. Right. And so maybe, maybe. However, you have 65 million people who voted for Hillary Clinton in the last election. We don't know where the numbers lie going into November. And I, I think this will actually bolster the uh, Republicans cause I do. So it's quite possible that these people are, 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 sac- are they're destroying their own cause with their moronic violence. The Chaz stuff. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. Let's listen. There's a study that says peaceful protest increases Democrat turnout and violent riots increases Republican turnout. I can't tell you what the Chaz would actually generate because it's arguably violent. It's arguably peaceful. People, you know, the New York Times, for instance, is showing these things in a positive light. So regular people might see that and they're like, it's a street festival. CNN's certainly lying about it. But if you watch right wing media, they're showing you the worst of it. The, you know, Raz over in Seattle, he's got a, he's got guns and he's assaulting people and people complaining about their rights being stripped away. So in that regard, it may be more neutral. The Molotov cocktail stuff, however, that's probably going to bolster the Republicans uh, come November and all of the violent riding across the country. That's why I can't believe the polls, man. When you see this stuff, when you see life, life sentences, I'm like, are there people who are really going to get behind the, these, these people throwing Molotov cocktails? Do you want to live in this city? I, I can't imagine property value is going gonna, is gonna to maintain itself in Minneapolis, in Seattle, or even in Nashville or Asheville right now. Think about it. They, they're trying to set up more autonomous zones. You've got Nashville, Tennessee, and Asheville, North Carolina. It's funny. Those are the two cities, right? You want to buy property there right now? 
Do you want to live in Minneapolis where they just voted to abolish the police department? Did you hear about that one? They voted to abolish the police department. These people have lost their minds. The, the city council voting for this, what is, they've, they've truly gone insane. These cities, man, it really does feel like many of them are on the verge of collapse. Seattle can't get a hold of what's going on. Other zones are popping up. Now you can argue they're just little Occupy Wall Street occupations, but they're different. CNN the other day, and I think this was very, very much so an exaggeration, said, you got to understand these people are armed and there's a real potential for bloodshed if, they try, if law enforcement tries to remove them. If that's true, then you really got to remove them now. If, I mean, I mean it. If CNN really thinks that there, there could be bloodshed, then yeah, you got to go in and you got you to you get rid of this, okay? Because what's going to happen if you let it sit there and fester? More people show up, more guns show up, and then you can't get rid of it at all. And then you actually have a shootout. That's not going to end well for anybody. We're getting dangerously close to something people are going to wish never happened. And I'm talking about, you know, regular people who aren't paying attention, who aren't speaking up. You might wish you did. You might wish you did. Think about the people who just bought their home in Minneapolis. Now, now they're abolishing the police department. Hey, man, shouldn't have done it. If you still live in New York, in Los Angeles, in Minneapolis, in Seattle, or these two cities, I feel for you, man. And you probably want to get out soon. I left the big, I, I left New York. I left New York a long time ago. You know why? I knew, I said that, I say it all the time. I saw this coming. And now think about where they're at now. I lived on, I, okay, so I lived on Myrtle and Nostrand. Many of you, if you follow my stuff, you've heard me tell this, but I, I got to tell you. And that's one of the streets where a black identity extremist executed two cops. I lived on that street, literally one block down from where it happened. I look out my window, I could see the crime scene. So it was like, it was, it was, I was half a block from the intersection or so where a guy walked up to a squad car and went pop, pop. I saw that happen and I said, wow, man, with all the, the Black Lives Matter stuff, with the, with the riots, this was around the time of Ferguson. I was like, I know what comes next. So I moved, uh, I, I ended up moving to Miami briefly, um, more of a work thing, but kind of like I'm going to get away from the city. And I went to rural Miami, mind you. When I came back to the New York area, I'm like, there's no way I'm going into the city. And so I went to the Jersey side. Then uh, in, in Manhattan, and this happened, I think maybe it was 2015 or 16, somebody, I think it was 2016, somebody planted bombs in Manhattan and they, blew, and they blew up and people got injured. Somebody planted bombs in New Jersey. And I said, I got to get away from these dense metro areas, man. Maybe, maybe that's just like a normal thing because things like this have happened in the past. Like there have been attacks, there have been bombings, they happen. I'm not going to pretend like it's only unique to my life and my experience. But I saw that combined with the escalation of protests the escalation of the weird, you know, uh, fringe ideologies and the chaos around, you know, just the election and politics. And I thought, you know what? I got I to gotta move further out. I got to move further out. Well, now we're seeing the riding across the country and I'm thinking the same thing. It's time to move even further out. This stuff, it's not going to stop, right? So l- let me show you some of these photos and we can, well, I'll give you some context for those that are uh, watching. Check this out. They say, Police in Asheville, North Carolina, responded in force and tore down barricades blocking a public road as they quickly broke up the attempted autonomous zone the demonstrators attempted to create there. I got to say, man, they're not very smart because it would be very, very easy to set up an autonomous zone. I got to be honest. What did they do? Did they announce where to go and then showed up and then put pallets in the street and the cops just cleared it out? These people probably don't know what they're doing, but you should, it'd be relatively easy to, to find a random street and just do what they did in, in, in Capitol Hill, but sure, fine, whatever. The difference with Capitol Hill in Seattle is that they, they fought with the police and the police eventually gave up. Here, the police came in and the protesters gave up. So 
you know, we'll see how things go down. Now, this might be just Occupy 2.0. Maybe it doesn't really go anywhere. Maybe protesters do this stuff. Sure. But I'll tell you what, man, you combine this with what Dave Chappelle was saying the other day. You combine this with the, you know, what I saw on my street. Maybe that's just unique to me. Maybe, maybe that's not a, maybe, maybe it was just a rare occurrence. But I lived on the street. I watched it happen, right? Dave Chappelle warned in his special 846 the other day. I think it came out the other day or a couple days ago that you've got, you've got these extremists that are going to come out and they're going to take action into their own hands. You are going to see more and more violence. And I'll tell you what, while he focused specifically on, you know, Chris Dorner and these, these, these uh, black identity extremists who are, who are killing cops, you also got to recognize you got these zealots, fanatics. I think it's hilarious. You know, I, I did a video calling them leftist fanatics because they, they were tearing down statues. And all of these lefties on Facebook started screeching and complaining that I called them fanatics. I'm sorry, bro. If you're a zealot, okay, if you show up randomly in violation of the law and in violation of the democratic process because you think you have the right over other people to impose your will on them and you throw rope over a statue, pull it down, bashing a guy's skull and putting him in the hospital in critical condition, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to call you a fanatic. If you try to take over city streets, you take a look at what's going on in the Chaz. Fanatics, okay? These people did not have a radical uh, abolition of the law, of, of authority. They created their own authority. I find it absolutely hilarious when you watch, when you read these forums, and there are people saying, I thought we, we were an anarcho-syndicalist uh, commune. I, I, someone actually posted that. And it's because a dude showed up with guns and said, look at me, I'm the police now. And they could do nothing about it. Welcome to a power vacuum. These people are just, you know what, man? It is the excesses of success. These are people who don't have jobs. And I get it. That's not the excess. That's COVID. A lot of these people, they're bored. But, you know, when I, when I go down to Occupy Wall Street, it was funny because uh, a lot of people like Fox News, for instance, said that these kids were trust fund kids who had nothing to do. And they were partly correct. Some of them were just in school and had nothing to do. A, lot, a handful of them were trust fund kids, meaning they just had a ton of money and were super bored. And they were so, you know, when you, these rich kids, okay, they've never had to work for anything. So they just doted about all hippie-like and used their money to fund radical insurrectionist ideals because they didn't know what it was like to work for stuff. So to them, being their, their, you know, their, their privileged, wealthy selves were just like, dude, like, I got all this money, man. And people are hungry. Like, why don't they just buy food, you know? Like, I just buy food when I'm hungry. Like, they have really no idea. I kid you not, man. I know some people who have said things to me like, hey, man, you want to fly with us to Geneva this weekend? I'm like, what? <laughs> you, this weekend? You, you want me to book a round trip ticket right now to Geneva? Are you nuts? Yes, because a lot of them don't understand. So what happens if you take someone who's never had to work and has money and they fund this stuff? They fund a bunch of people who have nothing to do. And the people who have nothing to do are desperate for a purpose, and they don't realize what life is really like for the people who have to do things. So here's what happens. They try to create more and more of these autonomous zones, and it's like uh, a, a, an abnormal growth. They produce nothing. They produce literally nothing. They consume. That's all they do. You look at the Chaz, and what do they have? They have that little community garden, but spare me. The, the amount that they're going to produce is going to be a tenth of a percent compared to what they consume. They, they, they have these little potted plants on the ground in their little circular dirt, dirt patch. They're not going to get anything out of that. That's ridiculous. It's already past planting uh, plant. Uh, you know, I, I guess they're two months late 
to actually start planting. It's all a LARP. Meanwhile, they're asking for free food and pizzas to come and support the occupation, which is accomplishing literally nothing. In the meantime, a power vacuum forms. Dude shows up with guns. And now he's like, I'm in charge. They have done literally nothing. It is just discord. They have no idea. You know, it's like, it's like people want something to do. They need a purpose. Idle hands, the devil's playground, they say, right? So you get a bunch of people who have no purpose and they will make one up. And sometimes the purpose they make up is just absolutely insane. You get more of this. Let's, let's, let's read a little bit about what's going on with these new autonomous zones. Apparently they're calling for uh, reinforcements because they can't get past the police. The Daily Mail says they've, they, they've tried to set up the barricades. As the police union officials in Seattle say, the city's on the verge of lawlessness. On the verge of, you are in lawlessness, bro. The efforts in Tennessee and North Carolina were met with a strong response from local authorities in contrast to Seattle. Now, that's not true. In Seattle, the cops fought for days, I believe, firing tear gas and then finally evacuated and surrendered the precinct. In Asheville, activists say that about 100 people gathered Friday night in Lexington Avenue under the interstate where they attempted to block the street with barricades and take control of the area. Police responded in force and tore down the barricades. Video from the scene shows. Demonstrators issued a cry for reinforcements on social media and vowed to return on Saturday. People are needed now. Please share this. If you can't be here, supplies are also needed. I think they'll win it. I think they'll get their autonomous zone. Think about it. You get 10 people, they stand in a line and they block the street and then the rest set up their little barricades and do it. And what? It's too late. There's not enough police in these cities. This is decay, decadence. It is, it is part of the collapse. It's, it's these people who have the utmost privilege and nothing else to do. So other people pay for them to eat. You know, looking at the farm in Chaz really makes you wonder, right? They got 200 plus people there uh, at any given moment, according to the, their metrics. It's probably going to increase dramatically today. They had a massive protest of like 60,000 people. But let's just say of the people in the Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, they have these little tiny patches for farming. They would need like 100 times more farming uh, uh, arable land with actual crops growing months and months ago if they actually want to feed any of these people. You think about how much work has to be done to actually sustain life. And now think about it this way. They're pretending to farm because they have nothing to do in terms of their own survival. In the past, they would have woken up at, at, at sunup, gone to bed at you know, late hours of the night, working nonstop all day just to have food to survive, especially considering they need to prepare for the winter, right? What are you going to do to make sure you survive in the cold when there's no crops? Well, these people don't really have to worry about that. So they have their trashy little LARP garden with nothing really in it, and they get food, they get pizza deliveries. These are people who are desperately trying to emulate real life. That's what it's about. They have no purpose. They have no guidance. They have, no, they have nothing. So they create this fake little world where they can pre- pretend they have something. You know what these people need? I'll tell you what they need. They need a VR headset. You know, these, these people need to be plugged into the matrix. And I'm not saying by force. I'm saying like you lay back, you put on your headset and simulate survival. Go play some video games. Give yourself some purpose. A lot of other people do that. But they, 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 they don't know what they want. It's like it's, it, I'm imagining it's this weird thing where they, they don't understand why it is they're driven to do the things they do. It's almost like instinct. They're like, I have to, to try and do this because you don't need to anymore. It's making them all go insane. They say in Nashville, a group of protesters converged on the legislative plaza on Friday, announcing plans to seize the area in front of the Tennessee uh, State House as an autonomous zone. Now, that is a bold proposition. The demonstrators declared the plaza would be renamed Ida B. Wells Plaza 
after the early civil rights leader. Video from the scene showed the demonstrators chanting and singing on the plaza late into the night, apparently left of their own devices, uh, left to their own devices by law enforcement. However, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee, a Republican, warned protesters in his state against trying to seize territory. Lawlessness, autonomous zones, and violence will not be tolerated. Further, Tennessee law expressly prohibits camping on state property, not expressly designated as a campground area, and that law will be enforced. Lee announced that he supports the right to peaceful assembly and peaceful protest under the First Amendment and would continue to protect those rights. Well, today is the day they're going to ramp things up across this country. The Seattle Autonomous Zone is probably going to expand. I imagine that some of these other cities will start to see their own emergence of autonomous zones. And I think we might be looking at some kind of Occupy Wall Street 2.0. The only difference this time, people are bringing guns and guarding the the borders and declaring themselves autonomous. They have access to buildings. They have access to resources. And they're imposing their will on those within their borders. We'll see how things play out. But let me tell you something. There's a big difference between now and Occupy Wall Street. The start of Occupy Wall Street was a bunch of hippies sitting in a park and Antifa types in a circle discussing the big protests that would come. The emergence of this and these protests started with mass nationwide rioting, Molotov cocktails and cops getting shot in the head. There's a big difference. This may become substantially worse. So I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. We may be witnessing the demise of the modern American city, and maybe this will be a bad thing. Maybe it'll be a good thing. Maybe people will stop being so jammed so close together and stuck in these weird echo chamber bubbles. Maybe many city people will get out of the city and finally learn about how life really is, or at least the problems in the cities will be a hard wake up call to these people who have been living a pampered lifestyle for too long. There's a story going around from CDL Life. Truck drivers say they won't deliver to cities with defunded police departments. This is from just the other day. Now, I must say, I'm not super familiar with CDL Life. I did look at some of their links. Looks like it's legit, but let's read it anyway, because I got, I got, I got to say, I think it actually is a fair assessment, and it's, it's hard to know with so many new sites popping up which one of these are real, which ones are exaggerated, but I think, I, I got to admit, my personal bias, I lean towards this probably being legit. Basically, why would a truck driver want to go into a city where it's already dangerous enough for truck drivers when they're being attacked and there's not going to be anyone there to protect them? If you were following the riots, you may have seen the video of the FedEx truck. FedEx truck, it was, it was a, a double trailer, whatever it's called. People started looting this truck. Someone crouched down under the tires in between And when the FedEx driver decided to flee, guess who got crushed and dragged? And the protesters blamed the truck driver. You also had the incident where the truck driver was driving in California, started slowing down to avoid protesters. They dragged him out of his car and beat the crap out of him, took his phone from him. That person was released without charges. Yet they were the victim. Why would anyone want to put themselves in harm's way? I really don't think so. Now, before you might say, Tim, they're not really talking about disbanding that, you know, Bill Maher said they just want to divert some of the funds, man. It's, it's not really about it's not really about taking away the entire police department. It's about just taking away some of the militarization. Right. Oh, what's this from the New York Times? Yes, we mean literally abolish the police because reform won't happen. That is a crock. Okay. 
This country is nothing but reforms. Okay, if you haven't reformed yet, it doesn't mean it won't happen. It means it takes time to do these things. But we have a lot of reforms. Now, some may argue what they're really doing is a big ask. By asking to to abolish the police, they'll end up winning on some grounds of, you know, defunding a little bit here and there. No, Minneapolis literally just voted to abolish their police department. So please, it's it's not. They're going to say abolish because it's the big ask right now. Let's read this story from CDL Life. See what, see what they're on about. We'll see what they're on about. They say, as cities across the country are discussing defunding or disbanding their police departments, truck drivers are voting, voicing concerns of safety. 77% of truck drivers say they will refuse to deliver freight to cities with defunded police departments. Truck driving is historically ranked as one of the most dangerous jobs in the country. In 2018, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistic reported truck driving as the most deadly job in the country. Truck drivers have spent the last year on the front line of a global pandemic and protests. Now, many are fearful of what might happen if police departments disband or are defunded. Now, I want to stop and make one thing clear because I am very, very particular on the sources that I use. Typically, I use only sources approved by a third party fact a rating agency called NewsGuard. This one is not, but it is true and reported far and wide that truckers were voicing concerns about COVID. And there was a huge issue with truckers dealing with COVID, not wanting to go to cities because of the potential pandemic. And so that presented a huge problem. These cities are only alive because of truckers. The same is true for basically any place in this country. I mean, truckers are literally like the red blood cells transporting vital nutrients and resources to certain areas. We need the truckers. If the truckers don't feel safe going into cities because of COVID, you got a problem. If COVID starts clearing up and now they won't go in because you're literally defunding the police, I'm sorry, these cities won't exist. The price for goods inside cities will skyrocket because when an average trucker says, There's, you, you're not going to be able to pay me to bring this truck into the city to deliver your food. You know what happens? They increase the price they're willing to pay to do it. And eventually someone says, wow, that really is worth the risk. Then you're going to find that your milk in New York City costs 20 bucks a gallon because no one's willing to bring it in. Or you're going to have to drive outside the city to go get it. No one's going to want to live in these cities. Let's read a little bit more. They say, truck drivers have been voicing their concerns on the CDL Life app. After reading about their concerns, CDL Life posted a poll on the app. We asked drivers, would you pick up or deliver to cities with defunded or disbanded police departments? Why or why not? To date, 77% of drivers say they will refuse loads to cities with disbanded or defunded police departments. Here are some of their responses. If something was to happen and you have to take matters into your own hands, and then you risk being prosecuted for protecting yourself, this is not an area you need to act fearless and think you'd, uh, you'd look like a fool for saying no. Imagine what kind of fool you look like for driving into a hotspot and putting your life in danger. I will not deliver to an area with a disbanded police department. My life matter, and I do this for my family. We are already at the mercy of these towns and cities with laws and hate against us for parking, getting a meal, or even using a restroom. Simple. We may not like it at the time, but law and order is necessary. Most places we go already can be dicey, and about only, uh, only time you see a cop is when light is on behind you. For my own safety and security of my customer load, customer's loads, I have already informed my dispatcher that I will refuse all loads to cities that have defunded their police departments. The Minneapolis City Council reportedly plans to disband the city's police department. According to the Associated Press on Sunday, a majority of the members of the Minneapolis City Council declared that they support disbanding the city's police department. Lisa Bender, the city council president, said it is clear that our system of policing is not keeping our communities safe. 
Our efforts at incremental reform have failed, period. This is just an outright lie. Police brutality is nowhere near the most pressing issue when it comes to keeping people safe. I'm sorry. It's just a fact. We have problems with police departments in, in, in some respect. There's a viral video where a cop says that the overwhelming majority of victims of violent crime and shootings are black, but none of these press come out to talk about it. It's true. So what happens then? When you get just in the double digits in this country, you know, people being brutalized by police. I think, I think you know, police brutality incidents may be much, much higher than that because it, it is a problem for sure. And we can reform this. But when we talk about people losing their lives, I wonder why it is we're so heavily focused on police brutality. I think it's because it's shocking. It's rage bait. And the media knows they can generate traffic by doing this. They don't talk. Uh, imagine I talked about the peanut crisis. How many people are dying from peanut allergies? A lot more. And that's not a big major breaking news story. So do you, if you want to give me a, a real example of hard numbers that prove this is the most pressing issue, I'm down to listen to it. But think about this. They're actually willing to completely disband police departments. How, how about this? What's the success rate of firefighters? Serious question. A fire, a, a, someone calls and says there's a fire. The fire department comes out. And what do you get? How come no one complains about, you know, firefighter incompetence? I called the firefighters to come help me and my house was still burned down. We don't hear about that. We don't quantify it. I understand, right, you're going to argue property, blah, blah, blah. The point is firefighters come out and they deal with a problem and they aren't always successful. Sometimes the buildings just burn. Never in the news. There's no news about the failure of firefighters. It's just the failure of cops because these videos are shocking. They make people angry. And it's easy to make people angry, especially as I've pointed out in in, uh, numerous segments. Look, most people's interactions with cops are probably negative. Even this one truck driver quote, the only time you see a cop is when the lights are on behind you. Yep. So what do you think people are going to, how people are going to feel when they've got minor anger over getting a ticket or something? And then they see a video of a cop beating somebody. They're going to be like, yep, all cops are bad. That's what they'll end up thinking. So, so now you end up with a movement quite literally to abolish the police. And no, it's not a big ask. And no, they're not talking about diverting funds. They're literally saying abolish the police. They gave you an op-ed in the New York Times. Okay. They have actually done this. And what do you think's happening now in Minneapolis? Well, I'm sure a lot of you might be experiencing some kind of schadenfreude, I suppose. Take a look at this story. Minneapolis manufacturing plant set to flee city following riots. Well, there go your jobs. Your property value is going to collapse. The people who invest in this community will regret it. No one will want to bring jobs here. There will be no work. There will be no taxes. And the city will cease to exist. Absolutely amazing. Look, man, I recognize we've got problems. We've got to be fixed. But if you think the solution to the problems is to burn the whole thing to the ground, well, that's just making everything worse. I mean, think about it. It's like, imagine you've got a mold problem in your house. And so you decide to burn the house down. Well, now you have no house. How are you better off with this? Let's take a look at this story. At least one manufacturer, uh, plant, manufacturer plans to say goodbye to Minneapolis following the recent riots over the death of George Floyd. What else did you expect would happen in the wake of the city's nearly total inability to shield its businesses from destruction? The president of Seven Sigma Inc., which employs roughly 50 people, said he is looking to relocate elsewhere, citing Minneapolis's failure to protect his plant from being razed to the ground. They don't care about my business, Chris Weirebeck said, of the plant that has operated in South Minneapolis for the past 33 years. They didn't protect our people. We were all on our own. Let me give you some advice, okay? If you're not, if it's not clear to you, 
You want to know, look, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, uh, I'm not a big fan of, of the police or the government. The police in a major conflict or crisis will not protect you. That's not their job. Their job is to come out in the event there's problems in certain areas, but you think they're going to protect you in the, in, 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 when there's riots. When there are riots, the function of the government will be to protect itself. Now, I guess it's fair to say you got to put, you know, you know, put on your own mask before uh, putting on the mask of the person sitting next to you. So when the riots break out and they're targeting cops, you think the cops will get off of their departments to go protect you? No, they're going to they can barely defend their own precinct. So, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be in a high population density area where people are prone to losing their minds, especially as everything starts escalating. Cities aren't the answer, man. They're falling apart right now. The Star Tribune reported that the plant, which normally operates until 11 p.m., closed early in preparation for a night of expected civil unrest. Weirabek said specifically that he sent his staff home early to get them away from the violence. But even these precautions were not enough to spare the business from devastation. Weirabek said a production supervisor and a maintenance worker who live in the neighborhood became alarmed when when fire broke out at the $30 million Midtown Corner affordable housing apartment that was under construction next door. The plant owner claimed a responding fire engine was just sitting there, adding further that they wouldn't do anything. Why Rebecca is not alone. Hey, there you go. That's the point I was making right about the fire department. Can they even deal with this? Can one truck do anything to stop this massive building being raised to the ground? Maybe not. And they're complaining about it. Why Rebecca is not alone in suggesting the city failed badly in how it responded to the violence. Minnesota Governor Tim Walls himself characterized the city's handling of the violent demonstrations as an abject failure. The mayor, for his part, has defended his handling of the situation. This was a guard-sized crisis and demanded a guard-sized response, Frey said. And once we had the full presence of the National Guard, which, by the way, hasn't been deployed since World War II, there was a significant, significantly different results. result. Initial estimates show that 52 Minneapolis businesses were destroyed completely in the riots, and that 30 additional commercial properties also sustained severe damage. According to the Star Tribune, the total cost of the damage could be as much as $500 million, which would make the Twin Cities riots the second costliest in American history, right next to the civil unrest in Los Angeles in 92. Weirbeck was asked if he had considered relocating his business prior to the riots. Not in my wildest nightmare, he said. But this week, as Weirbeck picked through the debris that was once his plant, he sang a very different tune. We are cautiously optimistic we can recover, he said, but we are certainly not able to do that in Minneapolis. On Monday, a veto-proof majority announced they will disband the police, blah, blah, blah. You know the rest. There you go, man. This is it. The cities are in free fall. There's an exodus from NYC, but can it last? Oh, you betcha. Who in their right mind is going to run a business in one of these cities? They didn't protect your business. And the Democratic politicians cheered for this stuff. Okay, not everybody. You know, they condemned a lot of the violence but they celebrated the protests in the face of COVID. Man, I am telling you right now, they're talking about another lockdown. Do you want to sit around and endure another lockdown while these governors allow protesters to stand shoulder to shoulder? They are condemning Donald Trump's rallies. Fine. If you want to uphold the CDC guidelines over COVID, do it. I don't care. But you can't simultaneously say orange man is bad for having a rally in the midst of a pandemic, but the protesters are good for standing up against racism. While many of these people raised people's businesses and a manufacturing plant to the ground. And now, not only have they added in, uh, uh, not only has there been injury with the destruction of small business because of the lockdown, 
They added the insult of allowing the protesters to go and march around and, and many of them rioting destroyed what was left of the hard goods businesses. And now on top of the injury and the insult, what do we get? They want to add more injury. The CDC is warning of a second lockdown. You've got to be kidding me, man. I can't believe they would dare entertain another lockdown. While all of these Democratic governors dance around and cheer for the protesters, they will tell you no. Back in your home. No rally for you, Donald Trump. The protesters are free to do as they please. But everyone else, bend the knee and we will destroy your business. And who are these people going to blame? I, in my, you know what, man? I'm, I'm, I'm reading the New York Times saying, yes, we want to abolish the police. Are there really that many people in this country who think that's a good idea? Come on, man. Straight up abolishing the police? Bill Maher tried to downplay this. Nice try, buddy. They want to divert funds. It was a funny segment. He said they want to divert funds to other programs. And they had the, you know, they call it defund the police. And he was like, man, do Democrats have meetings to try and figure out how to hurt themselves or whatever? Yeah, calling it defunding the police is stupid. And the New York Times, I swear, I swear, they really want Trump to win. It's the only way I can explain it. Think about it this way. Donald Trump is a potty mouth, mean dude. And most people probably wouldn't want to vote for him for, for you know, a, a, a lot of people. I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people. Well, actually, no, most people didn't vote for him. 65 million voted for Hillary, 63 or so voted for Trump. So yeah, Trump's bad behavior plays into people, why people won't want to vote for the guy. What will make someone vote for Trump? An extremely horrifying alternative. So you tell me, I'm telling you, man, the New York Times can act woke all day and night. The Democrats can act, uh, uh, you know, like they're resisting Trump all day and night. I don't buy it. Sorry, I don't buy it. Joe Biden is the worst possible candidate, in my opinion. Okay, take a look at Vermin Supreme. Do you know who Vermin Supreme is? The guy who wears a boot on his head and his policy is mandatory toothbrushing laws and a pony for every American? That plan is one is is infinitely more cohesive than anything Joe Biden is saying. Joe Biden mutters, mumbles and falls asleep. How are we literally in a reality where Vermin Supreme is a more viable candidate than Joe Biden? Now, outside of Vermin Supreme's actual satirical persona, the dude himself, I think, is actually running as a libertarian and he is still infinitely more viable than Joe Biden. I, I, look, I, actually, I should say it the other way around. Vermin Supreme's going to run. He's actually a pretty smart guy. He's actually a fairly libertarian guy. I respect that. His character of, of let, let me tell you something, man. One of Vermin Supreme's policy positions is uh, uh, clean renewable energy by putting zombies on treadmills. Yes, zombies don't exist. But you know what? The thought is actually cohesive. You can actually be like, I understand how you would generate infinite energy from making zombies walk on a treadmill. Joe Biden can't even speak English. So, so I'll put it this way. If Vermin Supreme jokingly says he wants, you know, a treadmill zombie thing, you laugh. You know, he's not serious. He's infinitely more viable than what the Democrats have put up. I'm telling you, man, the cities are falling apart. And it seems like the De Democrats are doing everything in their power to make sure Trump wins. The New York Times, they almost rescued you from yourself when they said defund the police, abolish the police. Quick, Bill Maher to the rescue saying, <laughs> I just mean divert funds. <laughs> there you go. 
New York Times saying, no, we actually want to abolish the police. Guess what happens next? The truckers don't show up. You got no food and you're forced to leave. And already the jobs are out the window. AOC saw to it to make sure that that Amazon didn't come to New York. You lost 25 to 40,000 jobs there. So much for that tax revenue you needed to fix the MTA, which is falling apart. Then riots break out across the city. And in a complete and total hypocritical move, the governor and Bill de Blasio, the mayor, praise the protests while condemning churchgoers. These people have lost the plot. Truck drivers are not going to come into your city. No more cheeseburgers for you. Your only option is going to be to leave. These places are going to fall into complete chaos. And they're already they already are. Let's be honest. The riots were the descent into madness. Now in Seattle, you've got the Chaz, more madness and absurdity. In Asheville and Nashville, people are actually trying to set up more autonomous zones. And I imagine we will likely see them. There's a funny idea that's been going around about separating the cities from the red areas. You know what? Let the left, let the Democrats have their cities where most of their uh, voters are. And then let the, the red areas be their own place. I think it's an absurd idea. It doesn't make it, it would it wouldn't work, but it wouldn't work for one simple reason. And maybe it's more of a thought experiment than anything else. All cities will completely collapse in every imaginable way when you cut them off from the rest of the red states. And I don't think the people who live there realize this. If the truckers don't come in, you have no city and you'll have no choice but to leave. And that's going to change the face of this country rather dramatically. But here's here's the point, man. Do they want to starve out the major cities, which are Democratic hubs? Uh, this is, the, this is the, the one question I have. Are, are they seriously trying to make sure that Trump wins? Think about it. You have riots. You disband the police. Property value is collapsing. People are fleeing the cities. Some people have argued maybe they're trying to dilute the red states, I guess. Maybe. Maybe this mass exodus will turn a bunch of red areas blue because they knew they were going to lose the Electoral College. Think about this. The Electoral College won Trump that election. If they send a whole bunch of people from these areas into these other uh, into these red areas, maybe that will flip the election. However, you can't just register to vote at a, at a, at a, in, in the last minute uh, in 11th, 11th hour registrations. So these people who live in big cities are fleeing. Sure, but their, their votes will still be for the cities. Maybe in the next election, things will change. But you also have to understand that a city is a hyper-concentrated bundle of uh, blue voters. When they spread out, they spread in all directions. That will not overwhelm these red areas. At least I don't think so, because their power is diluted. The exponential power they have in big cities is diluted. Theoretically, if you took everyone out of every city and spread them around, then you still have, then you have 65 million Hillary voters, 63, you know, 62, 63 million Trump voters. And maybe that could change things, I don't think so, though. The cities will remain blue. A lot of these counties, maybe they'll flip in the long run. But I also think these individuals will have their views changed coming into these other areas in the end. It really does feel like everything they're doing is meant to destroy the cities and help Trump. That's the only way I can see it. Unless, look, you know what? I can't see everything. Who knows what's really happening? But I can tell you this. If you still live in a city, I feel bad for you, man, because your property value is going to tank. If you have property, it is going to tank. Right now, mortgage demand is skyrocketing and people are fleeing cities. I can't imagine anyone, anyone wants to buy a, a city property, but I can't imagine a different scenario. Once the property values tank, give it a year or two, a bunch of rich people will buy up these properties for dirt, and then maybe the cities recover in a couple of years and the properties become very valuable. It could be that simple. 
This will also likely drive up properties in rural areas, I can imagine. I'll leave it there, man. Who knows? Whatever. Truck drivers, they're out. You got no food. There it is. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. on the main channel, youtube.com slash timcast, or go to timcast.net. Just put it that way. Go to timcast.net. It's a different channel, and I'll see you all then. And like clockwork, the media is working overtime to smear right-wing groups who are protesting to defend statues. This is kind of a follow-up from an earlier segment I did over my main channel. So if you haven't seen it, go to timcast.net. Check it out. I talk about the weird racial segregation of the Chaz. But this was predicted by one comedian. Then in response to all the far left riding destruction of statues, you would see right wing groups come out and protest in defense. And like clockwork, the media would do what they do best, prop up the left and smear the right. Only this time, the events are so so close together. I'd imagine regular people are starting to see the hole in the system. Take a look at these these tweets or these posts from Time magazine. On June 13th, these are only like a couple, an hour apart, it looks like. Physicians have joined protests in cities across the country. An open letter signed by 1,200 health professionals says protests should not be shut down over fears of COVID-19. Bravo. Good, good medical professionals standing up against that racism. And then what? About an hour later, hundreds of far right protesters defy COVID-19 restrictions to demonstrate in London. It was obvious. It was absolutely obvious what would happen. Now, take a look at this story. As, as we're recording this throughout the day, there have been violent clashes in the UK. And I've seen numerous videos of people, I don't know who they are, being brutally beaten by what looks like a group of other people. I don't know who, who's, what group is which. I don't know who's protesting for what. I can make assumptions that the large groups of mixed, you know, uh, white and black people are probably Black Lives Matter. And maybe the other people who are getting beat up are EDL or right-wing groups or whatever, but I don't know that. I really don't. Reuters seems to at least try to assert that without evidence. In this story, they say in London skirmishes, suspected far-right protester is rescued. Suspected. Listen, here's a guy carrying another guy, all right? This dude who was being carried got beaten mercilessly. And I've watched the video, man. You can see it. It's up on Twitter. This other dude saved him. I don't know who either of these people are. I'm not going to make assumptions about who they are. I'm not going to say far right or play this game, but you know what the media wants to do? Far right, far right, far right. What does that even mean? Some of these people are just football hooligans. They're just literally dudes going out with like <laughs> soccer shirts on and they're getting beat up. Is that necessarily a, an ideology that you're a soccer fan and you like Winston Churchill? Let's read the story. And then I want to show you something actually kind of funny. You see, the point of this segment is kind of about the double standard in media. And I believe The Hill accidentally forgot to apply their double standard in a rather hilarious fashion. Let me just, let me just show you the story, actually. Here's a, a banner drop in what looks to be France. And The Hill says, thousands gather in Paris to protest against police brutality. How many of you can read French? I got to admit, it is not that hard to break down what is being said, but I get it. I get it. Not everybody knows their colors in French. Well, listen, let me show you this banner. Now, thousands are gathering in Paris to protest police brutality. It's true. The only thing is the banner reads, Justice pour les victimes du racisme anti-blanc, hashtag white lives matter. 
I think the hashtag may have just given away exactly what this banner is. So I gotta, I, I can only, I can't help but laugh. Because <laughs> here's what I said. My kindergarten level French allows me to clearly understand what this sign says. And I'm pretty sure the Hill got this one wrong. And then I thought about it and said, actually, no, the Hill got it right. So I said, actually, the Hill is correct. It's just not what I think they assumed it was. The banner reads justice for the victims of anti-white racism from generation identity. This is exactly what you can expect. And we predicted it. Right wing groups, white identitarian groups are going to come up. And they're actually saying the exact same things as Black Lives Matter. They've only changed the word black to white. It's what you'd expect. There's a meme that goes around and it shows a group of white people being insulted and told they have white privilege and being attacked. And then they form an identity group like Generation Identity. And then people freak out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Nazis. Nazis. Listen, man, every action is an equal and opposite reaction. And this is why I complained in my previous segment about the left wing identitarians, because it just breeds identitarianism. That is race as a pretext for policy or political action. That's an authority based on race. There's a bunch of ways you can describe it. But as the left goes out and berates and insults white people, calls them far right and attacks them when they're being attacked in the streets, what do you think is going to happen? Are you now surprised that there is a group called White Lives Matter? No, because they've been attacked relentlessly. And guess what? This may come as a surprise to a lot of these lefties, but there are poor white people who are victims of police brutality. I'm not going to play games about disproportionality or statistics. That's not the point. The point is you take a group of white people. Statistically, there are more than enough white people to have a group of people who have experienced police brutality who then say, hey, but I'm this race and I feel this way and they'll find allies. You can argue about whether they're justified or not, but I'm telling you this now, their feelings are subjective, and so are yours. So you might think you're more justified, and they might think they're more justified, and it doesn't matter. The pain exists in these people's minds, whether you think it's right or not. And that's what I was saying the other day about the Dave Chappelle thing. And I've said it over and over again. I respect Dave. I don't agree with him on everything, but I I appreciate his perspective, his opinion. I want to hear what he has to say and understand why he's concerned because, hey, man, there are serious problems popping up. When this stuff happens, what do you see? People are fighting in the streets. I don't want to see that. Why are we fighting, man? We're trying to save lives, not take lives. And I think everybody agrees we shouldn't have people losing their lives for no reason. But you end up with this view of the other. They must be bad. They must be wrong. Listen, I'll sit down and talk with any one of these people so they can explain to me how they feel. And then we'll talk about whatever we need to talk about to figure things out. But let me tell you something, man. I've, I've talked to some of these people before. I think a lot of them have very wrong views more so wrong than, say, Black Lives Matter or Dave Chappelle. Not all of it is wrong, however. They have a legitimate argument as it pertains to the idea of identitarianism that you on the left are creating. This is why I don't like any of it, because you create these groups. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction, which brings me now to this story. It's from LCI, and it's translated from French. So bear with me, because Google Translate isn't known for being perfect. Video. Police violence, a banner for the victims of anti-white racism displayed above the demonstrators. And you can see it says Generation Identitaire or Generation Identity. Shortly before the start of the Parisian mobilization against police violence, which is taking place this Saturday, a handful of activists of the extreme right group have deployed from the roof of a building a banner in which was written justice for the victims of anti-white racism before it is largely cut by the neighbors. Twelve people were arrested. Far right extreme right. What does that mean? I seriously would like an answer because I honestly don't know. Is right and left defined by the race of the individual? 
According to the Anti-Defamation League, the answer is yes. If you are white, you are right wing. And if you are uh, black, you are left wing. So it doesn't uh, it ultimately to me it makes little sense. What is left and right even? I, I, there, there, there are no political tribes. There's no policies surrounding what is left or right. None of it makes sense. The ADL classifies anti-cop extra, uh, attacks by black identity extremists as left wing, even though the ideology is identical to an identitarian group like White Lives Matter. What about these people because they're using their white identity has anything to do with policy, with healthcare, with taxes, or with culture and tradition? Literally nothing. Think about it this way. There's a couple ways we define the political spectrum, economics and uh, uh, culture. So the left tends to be, tends to be culturally progressive and economically communist or socialist, right? To varying degrees. The right, as we describe it, tends to be more traditionalist and more capitalistic, but not always. The people they claim are far right, many of them, the alt-right or white, white identitarians, actually economically left. And then and if you combine their left-wing view with their identitarian views that are matched by other left-wing protesters, why would I assume any of these groups are extreme right or far right in any capacity? Now, there is the tradition aspect of it. When we talk about the right in many circumstances, we're talking about traditional values, right? The wife in the home, cooking dinner, having kids versus the progressive, which is erasing gender. These are the extreme ends of what we call left and right. All I can tell you is there's going to be an equal and opposite reaction as predicted, and the media will smear them and call them all the worst names in the book. And you know what that, you know that's going to do? It's exactly what many of these people want. They want an attack on their identity. They like what Black Lives Matter is doing. They like the insults. Did you see the video of the white woman kissing the feet of the black men? They like this because they want you to feel attacked so they can create more identity. They can recruit for their identity groups. I don't like any of it, but I can see where we're all going. The reality is it's predictable. The dominoes are falling over. The Hill seemed to miss this one. I don't think they realized what they were posting about, but you know, whatever, man, I find it funny. Apparently locals started shredding the banner, you know, destroying it, but it doesn't matter. The groups exist. To deny that they exist would be wrong. And they'll probably start making tremendous inroads. You know why? There are substantially more white people in, in, in these European nations and in the US than there are minorities. This is the danger of what the leftist identitarians are doing. It was a gift. It was a battle, a struggle, a victory for us on the left to get rid of these racial, the, the racial pretext for these laws. And now the left, because they're, they're, they are, they are the, the liberals are a group of people, or I don't want to say liberals, but these leftists, they're the one group who has shown they have a complete inability to learn. They oppose free speech, which forever benefited them. And now they are in favor of racialized laws, which will be their undoing. Why? 70% of this country is white. You do not want to go back to racialized policy. And that's what the white nationalists are really hoping for. Not all of them, but some of them. They post it in forums. They mock and they belittle and they laugh about what's being created. And you get this. The groups are going to be bolstered. And I'll tell you what, man, I can only assume the left wants it to. Same ideology, whatever. They'll get what they get. And now it's going to, it's, 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 going to escalate. The protests going on in the UK, I do not believe have anything to do with this. Okay. They're football hooligans and they're more nationalist or conservatives or in, in some capacities, moderates, regular people who don't like rioters going around smashing stuff, but they'll call it far right. I'm sorry, man. 
If right now the only difference between the two groups is don't tear down the statue of Winston Churchill and tear down the statue of Winston Churchill, you have far left extremists and presumably regular Britons. But many of them probably have, you know, varying political ideologies, whatever. You know what, man? It doesn't even matter. What matters is as, as long as Black Lives Matter and the left starts dominating mainstream culture, and, I, and I'll stress the, the core argument I am actually not opposed to. I, I'm down to listen and have these conversations, but it's being hijacked by these insane cultists. And because it's being propped up, it will breed something you wish didn't exist. They want it to exist, I guess. And I'm talking about the regular people, not the crazy weirdos. The crazy weirdos love the villain because it em- em- empowers them. Whatever, man, you can see it. I'll leave it there. I got a couple more segments coming up for you in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. The influencers must be protected at all costs. These poor, poor, ignorant children are just so cute in their absurdity and stupidity. You can only laugh. Influencers are slammed for posing in blackface in a horribly misguided effort to show solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. What is wrong with these people? Oh, man. You know what? Uh, they, 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 they recently banned an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I guess Netflix pulled it or something. The episode was literally mocking blackface and they pulled it. These young people, these influencers have no idea what this is or why it's offensive. So they go ahead and do it thinking it's supportive and then they get ripped to shreds because of it. Two shreds, I say. I'm going to show you some of these pictures. Man, bless their sweet little hearts. These morons of social media. Now their lives are probably over. The Daily Mail reports, several influencers are sharing photos of themselves in blackface in a severely misguided attempt to show solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. A handful of Instagram influencers, mostly based in Eastern Europe and the Middle East, have posted photos and videos of themselves with brown and black makeup alongside captions that claim to show solidarity with black people. Here's one where the person says that they wish they were black today more than ever, sending my love and full support to the people who demand equality and justice for all races anywhere in the world. What is this supposed to be? All right, we got to we got we got to clarify some things though, okay? We're going to get we're going to get in trouble on this one because the truth matters. This is not blackface. Literally not. Blackface was very specific. It was white actors denying places uh, roles for for black actors in plays. And they did it in a way that was 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 deris, it was uh, derogatory. Put it that way, it was meant to mock, belittle, and deny them a place on the stage. It was a very specific style of painting their face and wearing gloves. It is not bronzing your skin and putting on a wig. However, in recent times, over the over the past several years, this has come to reflect what blackface is, and I don't believe it's genuine. I believe, for the most part, it's an attempt at becoming angry and outraged at anything you possibly can. So you have, you have the go- governor, Ralph Northam, right? That dude wore overt blackface, okay? And what happened to him? Nothing. He's the governor of Virginia. Nobody cared. Justin Trudeau, what about him? Prime minister in Canada, nobody cared. They don't really care about this when you actually do it. They're just looking for something to be angry about. I think most people probably look at this and they're like, these people are dumb. And that's about it. And they carry on. End of story. It's amazing to me that you actually have white progressives who are more offended than the actual demographic that's supposed to be offended. And we're supposed to bend the knee to this. Yeah. Okay. And isn't it hilarious that it's literally leftist white people complaining to white people to stop being racist? Gotta love it. 
Here's another photo of this woman. She did like a split thing. And there's a lot of these where they're like, we're together or whatever. This is not blackface. This is not half her face is white. She's trying to show unity of some sort. She says, just because we are black on the outside doesn't mean that we are black on the inside. Racist people are the true black hearted ones. They are the they are black on the inside and they do not know it. Here's some posts that are really bad. I don't know what this supposed to be. Instagram user St. Hoax captured screen grabs of eight particularly egregious examples. Many influencers have been sharing photos of themselves wearing blackface as an act of solidarity. Even after receiving backlash, some are still refusing to take down their posts. How can you spread awareness about a subject you know so little about? If you genuinely care about a cause, the least you can do is educate yourself about it. In the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it was called Lethal Weapon 5. And I believe it was Mac, one of the characters, wants to be, I think Danny Glover was the actor. And so he talks about donning blackface. Everyone immediately tells him it's racist and wrong and not to do it. And he's dumb and he and he thinks it's okay. They literally have a whole section of dialogue explaining why you can't do this and what's wrong with it. Actually talking about other actors. And it's hilarious, man. It's, it's funny. These people don't know what comedy is and they take this stuff down. It was actually, in a sense, an educational view. These people in It's Always Sunny are bad people. They are not good people. They are sociopathic drug addicts. And you are supposed to look down on them for the awful things they do. And they pull this. I swear, man. I swear. Do you know what? I have very little sympathy for some of these people. Notably, none other than Howard Stern, under fire for past use of blackface skit with the N-word. Poor Howard Stern. I will shed no tears for you, good sir, because you insulted the people who are fighting against PC culture. Not all of them, but you want to come out and act high and mighty and throw your hat in with these lunatics who are literally banning books, movies, and art. And you thought you'd be safe. No. The mob is a horde of zombies. They will consume whatever they can. That includes you, and there is nothing you can do to stop them. You, you guys, please stop apologizing to people who didn't expect you to apologize in the first place and wouldn't accept your apology even if you did. They don't care about what you did. They just want to feign moral superiority so they can sleep at night thinking that they're the good guys, but they're extremists. Howard Stern, you, you reap what you have sown when you throw your hat into this, into this uh, uh, bucket whatever, I don't know, whatever the saying is. Howard Stern has become the latest in a long list of celebrities and power players to be forced to confront their use of blackface. On Thursday, a video appeared online showing Stern in a minstrel style makeup. Okay, now it's literally blackface. Literally is in the N-word. It was cut together with a recent appearance on The View during which he claimed he'd never used that word. Hilarious. Howard Stern, how dare you? How dare you? Sources tell page six, the clip, a skit that seems to take aim at Ted Danson's infamous 1993 blackface performance with then girl- girlfriend Whoopi Goldberg, was part of Stern's New Year's Rotten Eve pageant, which aired on pay-per-view on December 31st that year. In the video, he plays Danson and addresses his longtime black sidekick Robin Quivers, making corny and highly racist jokes. I'm, I'm not going to read those jokes. Wow. What do you call a black rocket scientist? And then he says the N-word. That's that's Wow. When his audience seems shocked by the language, Stern defends himself by saying, Whoopi wrote it. Then he calls a quivers some, some slurs and then excuses himself saying, Whoopi wrote that. Man, and she didn't, mind you. That's the, that's the joke. 
The point of the skit seems to be that Danson used Goldberg's apparent blessing of his behavior as license to be freely racist. Longtime Stern employee Steve Grillo of the Aftershock XL podcast network, who worked on the special, tells page six that he doesn't believe Stern is racist and that he never used that language off air. He said that because the show was on pay-per-view and wasn't governed by Stern's longtime nemesis, the FCC, their attitude was, we've got the whole world watching. Let's push the limits. The leash was off and they were going to be rabid dogs. Is that somehow a defense in today's day and age? Dude, they've canceled people for much, much less than this. Sorry, Howard Stern. You threw, you threw, you threw in with this lot, then you can deal with them. I'm not going to shed a tear for you. The clip was first posted by controversial filmmaker, filmmaker Tariq Nasheed and bubbled up among right wing Twitter users, possibly because Stern came out against President Trump and was eventually retweeted by Donald Trump Jr., a rep for Stern get, didn't get back to us. Yes, listen. Right now, we are in the midst of a culture war now breaking into a culture revolution. You have people who probably don't like Trump voting for Trump simply because he embodies anti-PC. That's one of the reasons many people voted for him in 2016. Right now, the two principal factions are the people who don't want to burn books and the people who want to burn books. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Well, Howard Stern, you are someone who has books for which must be burned. And you are now on the side of those who would burn them. Guess what? They are going to come and burn your books. I mean that figuratively, not literally, although I think there's probably some books by Howard Stern they probably want to burn. But I'm, I'm rather surprised to see that someone like Howard Stern, who is 100 times more offensive than Donald Trump, act like he's all high and mighty, like he's better than Trump because Trump says naughty words. Listen, man, I'd absolutely prefer someone other than Trump. That's for sure. But what do you get? They prop up Biden. They really want Trump to win. I got to tell you, man. But anyway, look, the, the, the main point, I want to get into the Trump stuff on this segment. We're talking about the influencers. You, the, the people who are th- these influencers, and yes, to an extent, people like Howard Stern, they are trying to apologize and pander to a group of people who never cared about what you think and feel in the first place. They never actually cared about any of these causes or issues. In fact, in Seattle, where they have the CHAZ, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, you had a couple black women come up and say you're hijacking the movement. And what happened? They were booed and shouted down. So you know what? I guess it's okay that these people aren't apologizing for it. I don't think they understand what they're actually pandering to, however. So you got to appreciate the irony, the paradox, the broken cognitive dissonance, whatever. These people want to claim that all these things are racist and then their supporters actually go out and do it. When they complain about it, their supporters say, shut up. So what are you going to get? It's chaos. It is purely a chaotic, destructive force that knows limits, that knows no limits, and will certainly just continue to get worse. Now, if you are someone like Howard Stern, if you're a comedian, I'd imagine the only thing you'd actually do is stand up for yourself. But they won't. They won't. They'll bend the knee. And it's creating this really weird thing that's happening. There, there are some people, I won't name them, some comedians, who used to be shock personalities, edgy boys. But they were always on the left as edgy boys. As the left has become the moral authoritarians, they tried to stick with the left, but now their comedy makes no sense. And the left comes right for him. Case in point, Howard Stern. Maybe you should have stuck to true to your principles. Maybe they never had principles in the first place. And I think that's probably it. I bet Howard Stern never actually cared. He just wanted to be, a, 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 you know, shocking. And so there you go. Whatever, man. He sold his career out when he joined Sirius anyway. So I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up for you in just a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Washington, D.C. Mayor 
is being sued over the Black Lives Matter street painting. And you know what? I actually agree with the lawsuits. First, I have no problem with them writing Black Lives Matter in the street. I do have a problem with the government giving preference and special access to particular ideologies. We have a serious problem in our country right now. For the longest time, I was one of those people going separation of church and state. I grew up Catholic. Eventually, I left the church. I am not a fan of religion in government, and that's why we have a separation of church and state. And I do think that Christianity heavily influenced our government in many good ways. But I do think we have to make sure we keep hard ideologies out of policies because policies need to function for everybody who might actually disagree. The problem, we have a separation of church and state. We don't have a separation of ideology and state. This is where things start to get dangerous because the woke psychopaths are actually in government and there's no, how do you, how do you get ideology out of, you can't, you can't do it. So here's what happens. The governments condemn those who want to run a business, but prop up those who want to spread an ideological message, which brings me to the most important problem I think we're facing today, merit versus emotion. Think about it. For the longest time, businesses have slowly started putting up uh, ideology over merit. And this has resulted in something we like to call get woke, go broke. Now, it's really funny when a video game company gets woke and goes broke because no one cares about your stupid woke ideology stuff. Let's say you you got a good game. It's a game where you play, I don't know, a a guy who throws a, a, a whip to swing across vines and crevices. And then all of a sudden, you make the objective of the game in part two, something about weird racial equality and you gender swap and race swap the characters. And now the plot makes no sense and it's very preachy. And then all of a sudden, nobody wants to play the game anymore. You sell no copies. We laugh about it. And we all sit here with waving our arms in the air going, get woke, go broke, what? We watch the Gillette commercial and we laugh. It's funny. Except when it's your government that is going to get woke and go broke. And then the common defense collapses. And then people start fighting each other in the streets and painting their ideological slogans with the, with the permission of government. Meanwhile, other people are held down and morality policing arises. And then when the government isn't functioning to actually serve the people, but an ideology, what do you think happens? Everything will fall apart and then we become vulnerable and our enemies move in. This is the danger I see with what's happening here with this lawsuit. Our government getting woke and going broke. That's when things, that's when it gets real bad. But let's read the story and see exactly what's going on with these lawsuits. They say a lawsuit is challenging Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser's move to paint Black Lives Matter in giant, little letter, giant yellow letters down the city's 16th Street near the White House, alleging she is violating the First Amendment's Establishment Clause by showing a preference to what it calls a cult orthodoxy. The suit, filed in federal court Wednesday by street pastor Rich Pinkowski, also complains in incendiary language that Bowser's decision to change a street name to Black Lives Matter Plaza was done to pay respect to the Black Lives Matter liturgy at the taxpayer's expense. I agree. New York City is doing this as well, renaming streets Black Lives Matter Plaza. I do not believe you can do that. If you want to honor an individual, I get it, but not an ideology or activist movement. At the very least, we can say it's an activist cause for a political persuasion. The government should not be promoting the speech that that is overtly political. The lawsuit was first reported by the Washington Times. Pinkowski is identified as the head of the D.C. chapter of the Warriors for Christ. The lawsuit casts its objections in religious terms over Bowser's moves, 
which came amid protests and riots in the wake of George Floyd's death. Defendant Bowser's paramount objective was to convey to the, plaint- to the plaintiffs and all other taxpayers the Black Lives Matter cult, which is a denominational sect of the religion of secular humanism, is the favored religion of the city and the nation, and that another who uh, disagrees with their gospel narrative is a second class citizen. Considering what New York City has done and what Fort, Fort Worth has done in morality policing and favoring the ideology, I think, we'd be, I think it's fair to say that something similar is happening in Washington, D.C., I also think it's interesting that this person is calling them out as a religion, secular humanism. It claims that it violates the Establishment Clause, which forbids the government from establishing an official religion or from passing laws that favor one religion over another. The lawsuit alleges the Black Lives Matter movement is a religious one as it hosts public ritualistic atonement ceremonies and incantations. It literally does. And it has its own religious symbols separately. It describes the movement as a black identitarian group and pro-communist group. It goes on to claim that the plaintiffs do not want to be coercively required to kneel before the altar of the Black Lives Matter cult, as defendant Bowser is symbolically and directly requiring through her erection of the challenge displays. I got to say, man, a little um, inflammatory, perhaps, but I agree. I should not have to adhere to any political ideology. Even if they wanted to put up a big, imagine this. What if the the mayor said, we're going to change this plaza to Republican Plaza and put a big elephant and Republicans are the best? Wouldn't you be upset about that? And what if they did? I wouldn't want that. So if you want to find me an example of them doing it, I'll speak out against that too. Black Lives Matter clearly adheres to one side of the political aisle. A government should not be using taxpayer funds to promote an idea that would benefit them politically. Pinkowski's lawsuit is the latest criticism of Bowser. This week, conservative watchdog Judicial Watch asked Bowser and D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine for permission to paint because no one is above the law on a Capitol Hill street. Quote, Mayor Bowser made a decision to turn D.C. streets into a forum for public expression. Judicial Watch seeks equal access to use this new forum to educate Americans by painting our organization's motto and motivation because no one is above the law on a Capitol Hill street. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton said in a statement. Meanwhile, Black Lives Matter also was unhappy with the mayor, alleging that there is a contrast between Bowser's actions and her legislative priorities. This is a performative distraction from real policy changes. Bowser has consistently been on the wrong side of BLM DC history. The group called on the mayor to defund DC police. However, Bowser was asked Wednesday in NPR if she intends to alter her current plan to increase police funding. Not at all, she said. What our budget, what our budget proposal and I can't speak for other departments, but they fund the people that we need. And certainly we wouldn't want the people on our forces not to have the proper training or equipment that makes for better community policing. Judicial Watch said they will pay for the paint, but they want equal access to this public forum. They're completely right. It was a huge mistake and overstep for DC to actively change the name of a street and to write this on the ground. And I'll tell you what, If Judicial Watch wants to sue for access to a public forum, what's to stop literally anyone else from doing so? If Black Lives Matter is allowed to paint on the street, so should I. So should literally anyone. And you shouldn't have to sue to do it. You should literally be able to just go and do it. End of story. What do you think would happen if Judicial Watch or anybody went right now into DC, took a big old thing of paint and started painting whatever they wanted? You think the police will arrest them? I'd imagine they would. 
That would make for a very, very interesting lawsuit. Because didn't we just see the government allow activists to do it? The government can't favor one political cause over another, right? What DC has just done, I believe they will surely regret, or they may actually have to remove the Black Lives Matter paint. The problem with that is the damage is done. Right now, I I wouldn't be surprised if they came in and actually removed the mural and said it was temporary. It was always meant to be temporary. No matter what they do, they have already set precedent that this street that streets in general are public forums for political speech that the government allows and actively supports. If they remove it, they've already gotten access to the speech. They've already benefited their cause. The videos have emerged. Therefore, anyone can easily argue, I can paint whatever I want on any DC street and you can't stop me. And I don't think they can. They've done it. So I'd like to see how these lawsuits progress. But I also think it's going to be an issue of whether or not the people actually care. If right now a bunch of conservatives went out and started painting in the street because the government has already approved of political political speech in the street, painted on the street, I think you might see a bunch of people get arrested. But what can they really do about it? I mean, maybe, maybe it's a vandalism charge or whatever, but then all you got to do is say, no, it's not. They literally did the same thing. The government approves of this and they can't favor anybody, right? Going back to the religion argument, though, I think this is the, one of the strongest points being made and one of the most important. If they do win this suit on the grounds that Black Lives Matter is a religion, a secular humanism or a non-theistic religion, which many have argued it is, this will dramatically alter the course of this country and it will remove a lot of the overt identitarianism from government. But how you actually pull that off, I'm not entirely convinced it's possible. I do think it's a, a noble attempt. Think about it. Christianity has their own beliefs on what is and isn't right. So what's the difference between this religion and say, you know, leftist identitarianism or intersectionality, the belief in a God. As Peter Bogosian argues, professor of philosophy, that Buddhism has no God. They are a, that's a religion. I think at this point, we can now see a broader definition of what truly qualifies as a religion. And Black Lives Matter, as they put it, is a specific sect of leftist intersectionality, a secular humanistic religion, I guess, whatever you want to call it. That will be very interesting to say the least. Because that actually could have some negative repercussions in terms of YouTube content, for instance. I can call these people psychopathic morons, and it's a political thing, right? What happens if they get ruled a a religion? Will YouTube then ban me for calling them morons and lunatics? They just might, because you're not allowed to do that. I guess we'll only, uh, I guess all we can do is, uh, like, like all things, wait and see. I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Stick around. The next segment will be coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m., and I will see you all then.